Welcome to the Born to Write podcast, dedicated to writers, authors, and the art of storytelling. Go behind the scenes where writers reveal their ups and downs and how they finally shared their stories with the world. Now, here is your host, Azul Tarones. All right, everybody, welcome back to Born to Write. Today, we're having a great conversation with Heather DeSantis. She's known as one of the top millennial publicists, and she's the founder of Publicity for Good. And I'm so thrilled to learn more about her with you listening in on here. Uh, she has helped so many people generate millions and millions of impressions for the media and outlets like ABC, CBS News, NBC, Fox, CNN, the BBC, iHeartMedia. She is just everywhere, and she's going to help you understand how that all works for you as an author and why it's important that to focus and give attention to your book in the way that the media is hoping to hear it. Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's great. I know we first connected, we had uh, somebody connect us, mutual friends, which is always really lovely. And I started to learn more about, you know, really publicity in general, because I tend to be someone that likes to hide behind my words. And I know a lot of the listeners too, maybe they want to write a book or maybe they've written a book, but the idea of being public about their work and marketing their book just seems terrifying, like something they, the last (laughs) thing they want to do. But I tell them the best written books are one thing, but the best-selling books are books that were really well-marketed. So let's have a talk. What do you think about that? What, what's your notion? I totally agree. And I think for the listener who is very ingrained in their message, in their story, that they feel that if they don't get their message out to their audience, that their soul is breaking. They're so connected to their story. So time and time again, I find when people write a book and go out on that leap of faith and then really allow themselves to be vulnerable and share their message in the media. They're a lot happier because they don't feel alone, you know, with what they want to tell the world. Yeah. And um, of course, as we know, in a world where there are so many coaches and people, a lot of times it seems, it seems that there's so many people doing what we're doing by stepping into writing a book and then becoming a public figure. It makes things a lot easier for us because instead of ourselves, promoting ourselves from social media with social media, Facebook posts and so forth, we're physically being endorsed by a media member that people understand and respect so much more than uh, the online entrepreneurship world. Right. And I think that's the thing that maybe makes authors feel uncomfortable. I know I feel really uncomfortable even asking for testimonials of my own clients or people. I feel like, oh, I know I feel a little weird. Could you, would you mind? And they're really great people. I mean, I've helped some wonderful people write amazing books and they're happy to give them, but even that feels uncomfortable. And then I was like, oh, now I have to post it somewhere and now I have to share it or now I have to like talk about this. And I see other people doing it really well and I just feel like, oh, I'm not good at this. But truth is, I probably, I'm not. I, I mean, I don't spend my time focusing on how to get my message out there. What are some things that authors can do? What's like something if they have to start somewhere? What's, what's the first step you would encourage somebody with a message to share would do? So I'd say first is a mind a mind change in that you need to become so engrossed in your message and how you're going to help people that it's going to keep you up at night if you don't do that press. I think a lot of times it's so easy to be like, oh, I don't want to be in the spotlight or all these things. But I think when you focus more on how your message is going to help people and how your struggles that are seen in your book are going to help people, then it'll take away any fears that you have or feel as in, well, I'm not ready or my landing page isn't perfect or, well, I don't have a way to monetize press. You know, I think it's just the mindset. And I would say PR is 
social proof. It's allowing you to reach more people and really become mainstream with your message. If you're thinking, oh, I want to do press and I want to get featured in the press to make money, you're totally going out it the wrong way. Wow, that's a great point. So let's talk about that more. So if people think, oh, if I get on NBC or if I get you know featured on Entrepreneur Magazine or something, that that's where the money comes from. To tell us some more about what you mean. So time and time again, I've seen people get on the Steve Harvey show and CNN and and Entrepreneur and Forbes and all of those media outlets that are a dream. Everyone would love to have those logos. But time and time again, times are changing. So if it's ne- if it's in Forbes, it might not might not necessarily make the homepage. It might not necessarily bring you traffic. Really, what's working is when you take that press, use the press and media in your bio. You use those logos on your whammy page for your free book or your book you're selling, and you really use that to step into being an expert. So transitioning from being someone who's selling a product to someone who's truly an expert, a thought leader, someone who truly is making a difference. But what is working when it comes to monetizing press and PR is physically using that content to send to your email list, to send to your community, and um, to then physically run traffic to the press. Right. That's a great point. I think people underestimate the power that barring influence or using their name or to help other people understand your message is important. So let's go backwards. Well, how did you get into this? I, I know that maybe some of the listeners don't know that you, you're currently serving as uh, Miss Ohio International. So you yes. have so many things that you have uh, in your, your abilities and wheelhouse. How did you end up doing this? So I worked, so I graduated from college and I worked at an investment company uh, for about six months and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I always dreamed of being a TV anchor. There was a woman in Columbus, Ohio that I really looked up to. And she essentially covered every community event, public affairs event in the city that was making a difference. And I'm like, oh, I want to be her. So I ended up interning at an ad agency back in 2012. And that led into a career of three years as a publicist at an ad agency where I had to secure 35 interviews every week for three years. I had to figure it out. It wasn't an option. And that made me fall in love with PR. I think sometimes when you do something and it comes so natural, I think you find kind of what your God-given talent and the thing that you're supposed to focus on. Wow. That's awesome. So let me, let me say, let's do some, like, let's help people understand what happens when someone comes to you. Because I think just kind of peeking kind of behind the doors of what PR looks like. Because I'm sure there's plenty of times where you've had clients come to you with a book or idea and you're like, hmm, how am I going to make this newsworthy or stand out? So when you get someone to come across your your radar, what do you do? So maybe we can use me as a case study because I'll just throw out, I'll, I'll be the guinea pig. How about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we okay. can pretend and we can just kind of show people what you, what you do on the backside. So like, Because I don't think a lot of people understand what PR is, to be honest. So I am working on a book and I'm coming to you and, and I, here's my pitch to you. So for the last, for 24 years, I've been asking this same question that I've been obsessed about. What makes a good teacher great? And mm-hmm. over those last 24 years, I've collected 26,000 responses to this question. And what I've learned from kids has been amazing and how I can see it changing the face of education today. 
So that's my pitch. That's my book. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, I love it. So now how would you then, what would you like start helping me with understand what were to be the ways in which you could take something like that? Because that's, I mean, that's a real scenario. That's a book I'm really working on. So I'm like, oh, let's just play with it and see what happens. That's awesome. So first, I love that your messaging is not self-serving and it's not based on necessarily selling a product. That's the first mistake that I see people make. Mm, okay. They try to do press focused on selling a product, mm. not necessarily a solution. So I think it's great. So the first thing that we do is I go in deeper and I figure out, okay, why does this matter? What physically brought you to where you are today to want to talk about this? What are some of the results from your case study? And really compile that to make a relevant pitch. Now, to make you relevant, I have to watch the news. I have to follow trending topics. So maybe there's trending topics talking about how students are really happy. They're not learning at school. And now more than ever, graduation rates are much lower. So using that as leverage. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, oh my gosh, it's August. It's back to school time. So you are extremely relevant because now everyone is thinking about students and back to school time and the transition. Mm, and then from here, we would, you know, we would create a plan where we're like, okay, where do you live? And what other bigger media markets are around you? What are your dream media outlets? And who at the end of the day is your consumer that you want to reach? And from there, we would physically map out that strategy and then RN, we would start reaching out to the media. Gotcha. So it's a process. It's not just, okay, great. We'll take care of it. You have to, you have to learn more from the person who's yeah, in this case. We have to uh, know them really intimately and we have to make sure that everything is in alignment. Now, mind you, since I've been a publicist since 2012 and now we have an amazing army of publicists that serve the team for publicity for good, a lot of it is relationship-based. But at the end of the day, deeper than that in our relationships, we have to find a way to make you relevant to them. So if it's a writer that focuses on business, we need to find a connection between what you want to talk about and what they normally talk about. So it has to be extremely targeted. Right. You have to have a, you have to open the conversation. Correct. And I would say a lot of times people think PR is extremely one way. Oh, I just want to get in Forbes. I just want this feature, but it's extremely important when you are seeking press to think, what can I provide the media? So how big is your email list? How many followers do you have on social media? And what's your plan to ensure that your feature in Forbes gets that writer the most amount of views out of all of the articles they ever wrote? Right. So it's extremely important. So, okay, let's talk about it. So let's, let's use me still. I, I like being the guinea pig because then it's helpful to other people. So let's say I have, I have seven or 8,000 followers on Twitter. I have 3,500 people on Facebook. I have 1,300 on Instagram. Those are the kind of things you're talking about. Like that's one. And then I have yeah. a, a list of 1,000 people on my email list. Those are the kind of things you're saying help, help, not persuade, helps the, the, the writer, the media outlet know that this is a good relationship to have. Yeah. Okay. The other thing is I have almost three quarters of a million views of my TED Talk on the same topic on TEDx, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay. That's all these are helpful. So it's good to know if you're author, you're, you're getting a book ready. Being invisible is fine if you're, that's why you're writing a book. But if you want your book to reach the masses, you have to be present. You have to be visible. It helps because it's a symbiotic relationship. They're not just looking to figure out how they can help you. You have to be thinking, how can I help them? Yeah. 
So what, what's something else you would encourage them to do? Let's say they don't have a lot. What let's say they, they don't even have a, a web page or a, too strong of a social media presence. What's something they can do now as they're thinking about it in the future, maybe? Yeah, I would think through, like, I really believe you need to prosper where you are and prosper where you sow. So look to local media, local regional media, public affairs shows, most likely will have a person on. And I always say it's great to start those media relationships before you even launch your book. Right. So, so I, so what I would do is reach out to local media, introduce yourself, say who you are and what you love to talk about. And just say, if you ever need a guest expert, let me know more than happy to help. Awesome. And so people were probably thinking, well, what does that mean? Reach out. Do I email them? Do I send a letter? What, what, what do you, cause you know, there's a fine line between annoying and obnoxious and being professional and reaching out. What, where does that line live? I would start following them on social media and then from their email. Perfect. So tell me about some of the people that you've watched had like a really huge impact, maybe because this is a show about authors that could be helpful, but someone who had used social media or sorry, used publicity, used the work that you do or either you've done or you've observed somebody do that went from relatively unknown to really being a thought leader, a movement maker because of the help and efforts of being leveraged in the media? Yeah. So we had a client that we first started working with. He was making six figures. He ran a Facebook ads agency where he taught people how to do Facebook ads. His name is Dan Henry. And he, at the time, we created this story for him that was broke pizza boy to six figures. And at the time, it was National Social Media Day. So we were able to secure him on three TV segments on different ABC, CBS, NBC, etc. in the Florida market. And then from there, that garnered him two stories in the same week in Business Insider a month later. So because of that press, Dan organically started getting people to buy from him on social media because he had third-party endorsement. So anytime he did press, he would take a photo, share on social media, etc., which is amplification when you start promoting your PR and social media. And then from there, he used the press on all of his sales pages, all of his webinars, and then from using the leverage of press and then running traffic to it, he then made seven figures in five months from selling his courses. Right. So, so very strategic. Great. And it can happen if once you get the press, you leverage it and understand you have to make it work for you much more than the interview itself. Right. And I think people probably over-obsess with, what am I going to say? How do I say it? And people often forget what you said or how you said it. They just remember that you were on CBS or that you had a mention in Forbes. They don't even often go deeply to know too much. Maybe they do, but a lot of times I think it's the perception that you have enough influence to be in the media. Would you agree? Correct. One of the things I've observed is because authors tend to be sometimes introverts, not always, one of the things they need to do is start to create their own persona. If they're not willing to talk about their work, why would they expect a media outlet to talk about it? Uh, what are some mm-hmm. ways that individuals can start talking about their own work before, like you said, building it relationships with media before they start, how they start building relationships with their own potential people before they finish their book? Yeah. So I would say take some time, watch the news, read their stories, follow them on social media, share their stories. And then from there, once you feel like you really know what they write about, you certainly can reach out to them and pitch them. Right. What is it about 
you think is social the, the the impressions that we see with media that authors or people who are trying to use media as a way to grow do poorly what's something they can do that could really maybe wouldn't hurt them but would maybe potentially be a loss of their effort i'm thinking about this yeah while you're thinking so like what i mean is let's say i secured a local news spot and then i got a write-up in in business insider and now i'm on a small segment of something on cbs but i what would have been a something that would waste that opportunity if I didn't know better. So anytime you get a media opportunity, you need to have a plan in place to promote in social media. So if you're going on TV, have your audience help you figure out what to wear. Have your community help you follow what to talk about on TV. Leverage, leverage, leverage. Gotcha. And so something as simple as saying, hey, this is what I'm going to be talking about. What should I wear? Starts to engage an audience. So let people know. Correct. Right. So it's sort of like people, I mean, I love DVDs. You know, I know they're sort of passe now, but because I like to watch behind the scenes, you know, so I'll still pull out those old DVDs of movies I like and watch, you know, the making of. So it sort of capitalizes on that idea of, oh, I get to be a part of this. Would you agree that's kind of what we're doing? Yes. Great. What do you think in your mind is going to continue to be a trend in publicity? I would say the synergistic relationship between PR and social media has been there's a lot of consolidation of media companies. So influencers becoming content creators, becoming media engines in itself. What do you mean that they're becoming media engines? Like what's an example? Um, being content creators, social media following is extremely important. So when I was on CBS in Cincinnati, I saw that the Cynthia Lifestyle Show actually brought on a local social influencer who I'm pretty sure she had no TV background, but she essentially is like on the show now to add a face to the show to increase their following. Oh, so they, they, it's going the other way. They're buying her audience to make influence uh-huh. on their media. So that's important to know that, you know, if you have a message to amplify and your book is the maybe one way you're doing it, you have a message, you, you wrote this book, but another way to grow that message is to borrow and news is, news outlets or media outlets are using it, using social media influencers to grow their message, which which is something that maybe authors don't need permission. They could build relationships with people with social who have influence on any social media and connect with them, give with them, chat with them, comment on posts they share, find out what's relevant, stay connected. Is that something you see as a valuable tactic for authors to make? Absolutely. Yeah. So let's move forward. So let's imagine that my book's coming out since we're playing this game <laughs> earlier. My book's coming out in August. It's going to be up for pre-sale at the you know in the end of the month, and then I've got together a little bit of you know you've dug into some of my history about why why does this matter? We find out that the root of my message is that we're not listening to kids. That the, the truth is we're never taught how to listen. We don't have any examples of listening in school. We don't take listening classes one hundred and one or advanced listening or AP listening. So essentially, we don't listen to kids because it's built into the system. So we start finding more about my work or my book. So how do you help me prepare to be on media outlets? Because, man, if I'm an b- author behind the behind the keyboard, I may not be in front of an audience mm-hmm. very much. Like you want us to have our put our best foot forward. What do you do to help us prepare? So a couple of things. We always will schedule you smaller media outlets to practice your messaging ahead of time, whether it be a podcast or radio interview. We feel that you need to talk about and practice as much as possible prior to your segment. We certainly um, practice interview beforehand. 
And generally speaking, we always create the questions for our clients prior to going on TV. You'll know the questions ahead of time. And we try to control the interview as much as possible. Um, so it goes in the direction that you are hoping that it does. So, okay. So let me get this right. So you basically say, here, media outlet, here's the 10 questions that we've crafted that this author or this person, expert, really knows a lot about and they're prepared to answer them. And then you hand them over to them and they, as a guidepost. Yep. So they probably love that because one, you're doing all the work research and putting questions together. They're like, they're probably happy about that. And two, it helps the author with making sure they speak about something they know about and can drive the, the direction of the interview. Correct. Brilliant. Sort of like what we're doing here. Everyone know we're doing this, right? <laughs> like it's intentional. I think the biggest part that I, I think I've learned about working with authors is there's a huge amount of fear that what if I put myself out there and I'm rejected or it's not good or it doesn't have the impact that I want it to have. And like you said in the beginning, that it's a mindset shift. What do you do with an author who's afraid that it's not going to work or it's not going to be good? What are some of the things you give them hope for? I give them case studies and examples of other people's success so they know it's possible for them too and really work with them to feel and know that it's going to happen. Okay, For example, it took us six months to get a feature in Forbes for a client, but that client had three features in a week. So it's all part of the process and it all takes time and it has nothing to do with your story or anything. It's a timing thing. And it's really dependent upon what the media wants to discuss. So helping the client to really focus on their message and knowing that it's going to pan out instead of getting stuck in the emotions of the stress of what could or couldn't be. Right. Realize that this is a journey. It's not one day event. It's not make or break. It's got to be a consistent pattern. I, I've noticed some people, I have some had authors that I've had on my show that they are an influ- they, they, they're one of the commentators in media. So they're always on CNN or MNSBC or someplace giving commentary and they've built their, they built their books around their expertise. And so they know that it's a constant struggle. They, just because you were on the media for a week on, in January doesn't mean they'll remember you in June unless you use that to amplify your message, unless you use that as proof that you're, you're worthy to be talked on another show. Can you give us a case study about a, maybe a book that you helped get notoriety or an author that you oh, helped? Oh, yeah. This was exciting. Um, we gamified it. So we had an author coming out with two books. One was called Doctology and the other was called Catechism. And I thought to myself, how am I going to secure you, you know, press around, around a dog and cat book? Um, right. What we ended up doing is... I did some research and it was National Pet Shelter Appreciation Week. So what we ended up doing is I ended up finding, we first chose media markets. We wanted to do press. We wanted top markets. So we did Phoenix, LA, San Diego, and Chicago. And then I found a local shelter and I created a give back component for the media campaign. Every book sold proceeds went to the local charity. And then from there, because of that, I'm pretty sure it landed the client five TV segments. They were on a syndicated TV show where they fit the TV station, flew into LA to do the recording, and collectively, millions of media impressions, about 20 interviews. And everyone was so excited about it that I'm like, okay, how can I keep this going? So then from there, since the book was about dogs and cats, I then decided to create a pet casting call where I had people 
submit a photo of their dog and cat on social media, tagging the book, which is awesome because (laughs) then we got a TV segment for the client in the LA market. And in less than 24 hours, he grew his email list of 200 people. And these are all people who were super targeted. And his book had a huge spike on Amazon. And that was specifically from his TV segment. Awesome. That's a great example. And you know, it's interesting that people aren't thinking about that the news has to come up with something to say every day, like the media in general. Like, what are we going to say tomorrow? What are we saying today? Like, it has to feel different. It has to feel unique. And so they're always looking for unique ways to talk about things. And I think they just have to think about their book as another opportunity to enter the conversation. I totally agree. If there's any totally last, last words of wisdom advice we could give authors about how to continue to build their relationships with the media or help drive traffic when they do get media, what would you say it is? So I would say you are so ahead of the game with having a book or writing a book or coming out with a book is that you just have to do media. And I think if your book isn't done yet and you're trying to figure out what messaging resonates the most, doing media is the perfect opportunity to, you know, have different messages for different interviews and see what feels the best and then go from there. Right. That's a great, great advice. I think people think, well, I'll wait till it's everything's done and perfect. But you know, I tested, so I, I like to test things. Like I'm a little more willing to take a risk. So that's why I did the TED talk before the book is I got asked to, to speak in Dominican Republic on the topic. Actually, they really let it be open, which was a little scary, but they told me, here's the name of it. It's, it's about mindfulness. And at the time, I'm like, what, what, what do I know about mindfulness? I don't know really much about my, I don't know if I know what that means, to be honest, besides trying to meditate before. So I just decided I'll pitch this idea of what makes a good teacher great as a question and see, does the organizer like it? And if they liked it, then maybe I could make it lean towards this concept I told you about listening. What if we focus on listening so that everyone could relate to this? Everyone's been to school probably. And everyone probably has an opinion one or the other, but how do I do that? And that's how I tested the book idea. And the, the, the fact that it's had almost a, a million views without any directing, no traffic to it, it's all its own views. And then I knew I was like, oh, that's the book. That's the book I need to write. So I like this notion that, hey, you know, you, you don't have to, to even be done with the book to really utilize the conversation. I love it. See, you're spot on. It's perfect. Yeah. It's more of like a, like naivete, I didn't know any better, but it seems to be helpful. You know, like it would have been great if it only got, if it 10 people watched it, I'd be like, oh, that's cool. But then I didn't spend Absolutely. two years of my life writing a book. I wasn't sure if it resonated with people, but I've had more people from all over the world reach out to me and say, we're running a conference because of your TED talk, or I'm doing this, or I'm becoming a teacher because of you. I'm like, holy smokes, that's amazing. Like, I can't believe this. I want people to be able to find you and learn more about you. And maybe if they even think they might need to get more publicity for their book because it's something that's on their mind, where would they go to find out more about the work that Publicity for Good does? Sure. You can go to our website, Publicity for Good, or you can find me on social media, um, on Facebook, Heather DeSantis. I share a lot of free content and tools on social media. And if you ever have questions or need advice or anything in accordance with PR and interviews in the media, please reach out to me. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much. This is going to be really helpful. I know it's already been helpful to me. Thanks for coming on to Born to Write podcast. And if you want to write a book, please go to our Born to Write group and join uh, at coachazul.com slash challenge. You can join our free five-day challenge to get the book that you want to write out of you. And thanks for being a guest today. 
I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Join me again for another interview for great authors who talk about their story, how they got there, and why they feel like they're born to write. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave an honest review, and you can always find me at coachazul.com.